We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast immediately after Newcastle have drawn nil-nil with Leeds United at home in the Premier League. Soaking wet day at St. James's Park. Not a great game. Uh, I'm Alex. You've got Sai, Adam and Kyle to talk you through what happened and why. Just a reminder for even more reaction and lots of previewing of the Arsenal game. Join us on Patreon from £3 a month. Would love to have you along with us. Sai, that was not one of the, the good days, was it? Shite. Really shite. Um, compared to how I felt going into this game, it's, it's probably the most disappointing I could be because I really thought we'd just come and do a job on Leeds. New Year's Eve, Leeds at home. It just had a, it had everything to be a brilliant day for Newcastle fans. And yeah, um, the rain, the football, the referee, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And just uh, a generally um, quite frustrating game, um, both in terms of Newcastle's performance, the way Leeds approached the game and the way it played out. was It was all just very, very annoying I'm, I'm annoyed uh which i you know I, i've got to count my count my blessings it's the first time i've been annoyed this season but but i'm annoyed annoyed is one feeling as how do you see it mate i'm also frustrated and annoyed i think we weren't at our best we our delivery was poor our finishing was poor all game and i think yeah the conditions made it difficult i also thought that the referee enabled leads to to yes the the thing is, the referee needs to like want to game make the game flow. I like that about referees, but I think when you're also not giving fouls that should be fouls and not giving yellow cards that should be fouls, that that tension builds up, the aggression and the the injustice builds up, and that's why it all kind of kicked off at the end, in in my view. But Newcastle should have been a better version of themselves today. As yes, the rain made it a bit difficult, but I thought the crowd was in good voice. I thought certainly from the, the second half. We, there was only one team who was out looking to win the, the football match. Um, our finishing just wasn't there tonight and lots of poor delivery into the box, too close to Melier, and it just didn't work for us. But if we're this frustrated and we've still got a point and a clean sheet, it just kind of shows how far we've come. You know, an annoying, frustrating game is still a point, it's still progress, it's still a clean sheet. There are positives to take from it, but it, this will feel, especially given that Man City drew, like a wasted opportunity. Kyle, I know you want to talk about the referee, so let's just do it, mate. Let's just, just give it both I, I, barrels. I, I think it'll be a, a mixture of all three. We're talking about the referee, but he was <laughs> fucking useless today, wasn't he? Like, he just strangled the game to death. Um, there, was just, there was just basic fouls. He just didn't 
get the it, it just com- it just completely enabled Leeds to have the game plan that they had, which was to sit behind sit behind and, and get a point and play every dirty trick in the book. He, he enabled all of that and it just adds to the frustration because I think <laughs> I just it's it's just so frustrating because how many times have we sat on these podcasts this season and spoke about how shit referees are this season for us? Like it's just it just seems continuous. It's just some consistency would be nice uh, from these referees and today just tops it all off. Not, they were better when they were part time. Is when is something I got told next to us. <laughs> is what someone was shouting at the referee with, but uh, <laughs> it was just <laughs> honestly, it was it just. It's just a frustrating afternoon all around. Do you think, though, that that a different referee produces a different result there? <sighs> that, I mean, that's that, that's a good question. I mean, I think what I think there'd be more there'd be more freedom in the game if, like, the referee allowed it to allowed it to breathe a little bit more, and obviously that opens up opportunity and stuff like that. And I don't want to blame it all on the referee that we didn't win today. I mean, Sean Longstaff had two very good chances. Botman had a sitter. Uh, Chris Wood had a sitter. Like. We had chances in this game to win it, even though Leeds were very frustrating. And we could have been sitting here 3-0, 4-0 winners, no problem. But, like, yeah, it just... The referee completely strangled the game. But it, it we didn't take our chances at the same time. My yeah, my, my grievance with the referee, first of all, it, he's the perfect referee. The way Leeds wanted to play today, they couldn't have handpicked a referee who was going to stop the game at every opportunity, but not punish them. So that he didn't get his yellow. The fact Kieran Trippier was the first yellow card obviously enraged Trippier because he and he was saying to the referee, "You have let this go all over the pitch," and it's almost like the referee got to a point. I'm going to give ten fouls, and then the eleventh one's a yellow card, regardless of who it is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's that's the issue. Leeds Leeds wanted to stop. Leeds didn't want the ball to be an open play. They, they wanted they wanted continual. Uh, stoppages and they got that and they got a referee who was more than willing to allow them to, to, to you know slow the game down and then second half when he did get his yellow card out the um, amount of times that Leeds were able to kick the ball away were able to you know to just Leeds were winning free kicks in in our final third and we're still time wasting you know I don't want to get too bogged down into the kind of fuck Leeds thing because Leeds are a really poor team they're really bad at football They've come and got a really, really good point at the top six side away from home. Credit to them. You, you, a point is fantastic for Leeds today, particularly within the context of their fixture list, where they are in the league. It's pointless getting upset about Leeds being negative because not so long ago that was us. Yeah. That was that's football. That you know, football has got loads of systemic issues, which may mean it is the way it is, where only certain teams can play good football and do good things. Leeds aren't one of them. It's fine for them to play like they did. The referee allowed them to ruin that game and that's on him having said that I agree with you Kyle I'm you know in terms of what I'm concerned about or not concerned it's Newcastle's performance um still had 16 shots still had five on target funnily enough it was the ones off target that were our best chances we only allowed Leeds one shot on target that's it's kind of classic us it was a good shot it was a good save from Nick Pope but it's another game where Nick Pope is almost redundant so there's not too much to get upset about from Newcastle perspective and just to talk context a little bit I'll come to you Adam I really do feel that, you know, the Arsenal playing now, they want to up. It'll be frustrating because they're going to pull even further in front. And I think we should be frustrated about that. Got people in my mentions having a go at me saying, you, you know, told you we weren't title contenders. All right, congratulations. Well done. How do you feel? Do you feel good that Newcastle have <laughs> dropped the points at home to Leeds? 
it's frustrating because Arsenal are going to pull further ahead of us. We'll play them Tuesday. But I still think four points from two Adams decent. Until you look at Leicester away, you look at Leeds at home. Yeah, we all want six points. Who doesn't? But four points is pretty good, is it not? No, I, I think if you look at it that way, Alex, you're right. You know, if you swap those results around a draw where inform Leicester and a 3-0 hammering at home to Leeds, everyone's buzzing and the feel-good factor remains. I think because of today, it felt at the end of such a, what has been an absolutely wonderful 365 days of supporting Newcastle United in 2022. It's been superb. It kind of felt anticlimactic. I think that's I think that's what it was. And, you know, the... the the weather kind of dampened things, but it, it is a must opportunity. You know, you mentioned the fact that we had, you know, 16 shots, five on target. We had seven, what up to regard as seven big chances. Wow. And it felt like every time, Leeds had none, by the way, um, <laughs> it, it felt like every time that we had the ball and had shots, because as Kyle mentioned, you know, a couple of the defenders had shots around the penalty box in the six-yard <laughs> area. Every time we were there, we, we just failed to get any kind of purchase or power on it. We just needed somebody to lash it. And I, I remember in the first half, I remember Joe Linton just deciding it to absolutely welly it. For, it got blocked down. It got charged down after about it was 25 yards out. But it, it kind of looked like it was going. It was traveling. And I kind of think, thank you. Somebody's finally just putting their foot through it. And let's test the goalkeeper. And we just didn't do enough of that. The only testing of the goalkeeper we did was Trippier's high-hanging predictable crosses in he's usually superb at his craft and today he wasn't on it and you know we, we, we tried we, we had 23 crosses today and I guarantee that Melier probably collected at least sort of 15 16 70 even we we were not good enough um and and that's what you know what, what that's what we that's what Eddie wants us to do he wants us to get the ball out wide he wants us to get balls into the box and to cause defenders problems and ask them questions and we just didn't have that final touch. Um, but but you're right, there's, there, there are positives to take there because if we play that game again, maybe in better conditions, maybe with a different referee um, who punishes uh, those that, that gamesmanship that, that really got the better of us, I think, a lot, a lot of it. Leeds kind of seemed to win that kind of psychological battle a bit. And then, as I mentioned, the second half, they sat in, low block, and it became like, it kind of became like the Carabao Cup game on, on, on Tuesday night. We were all around the box, but we we couldn't find a way through. We couldn't find a way to unlock them. And when it came to the crescendo of the match, we had Miggy Almiron, who had, I believe was one of the best players on the pitch for us, who made look like he was going to be the main man to make something happen. He got pulled off uh, for the last 10 minutes. And I just felt that at that moment, I, I couldn't see a score. And after that, it was, yeah, it was a frustrating night, but it's still a point. It's still a clean sheet. And we're still in the top four of the Premier League. We'll break there for, for the end of part one. Um, we're going to leave you with some adverts. If you don't want to listen to the adverts, you could join us on Patreon for £3 a month for all of these free podcasts without the ads back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Sorry, there's always there's always reasons when your team doesn't win to look at why it didn't win, what could have been done better. In the ground, a lot of the ire, not just, I'm not pointing fingers here, from myself as well as thousands of others, was really pushed towards two players today, but particularly Sean Longstaff. Do you think that's reasonable and fair, or do you think it's just typical that everyone needs a scapegoat and the, those were the lads today to, to get it? <laughs> I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit. Uh, I was equally frustrated with Sean Longstaff today. Um, uh, it, for the same reasons we were frustrated with Dan Byrne against Bournemouth. Um, these players you, you don't need in a game like that when you've got a, a team of leads who just did exactly what Bournemouth did, 11 men behind the ball every time we had it, closing down the space, giving us no room to get forward. And actually, they weren't playing narrow. They were playing quite wide and giving us very little space out on the wings, as you said, Adam. That's how we like to play. We like to get uh, Miggy and uh, Trippier overlapping each other. And on the left, we had Joe Linton and Willick sort of trying. Um, but with, because Dan Byrne sat on the halfway line, it's just down to the two of them to try and beat three players. And it didn't come off very often. Miggy looked like the only one to, to really get in behind and, and get us in the box. For the same reason, because we were playing being forced kind of back inside almost you need someone better than Longstaff in that in that midfield three because I thought he um didn't really offer us anything he, he's slow on the ball his passing's a bit wayward and he was given two guilt-led chances like you say Carl he's, he's got to do better like he's when the chance forced you the pressure's on there I, I get it but you've, you've, you've got to score what I think the second one um he's got Chris Wood running around him as well it's like if you're going to take a shot it's got to be on target otherwise let it go on to Wood who's a center forward and he's probably going to score he didn't either and he, and he took the shot and then later on in the game I think Miggy's off by this point he gets another chance where we're about five on four and because he's missed those two shots he then panics about what to do he doesn't take a shot when he probably could take a shot he's got Trippier I think overlapping or maybe maybe Murphy I suppose don't pass to Murphy but um he, d- oh, he just sort of fluffs it. He plays a stupid little pass inside straight to the defender. It's really, really frustrating. Do you think there's something in that? Because I noticed there was a counter-attack we had in the first half and I th- it was possibly Joe Willick running through and you kind of think, Wood's there in the middle. Wood's there, just give it to him. And I wonder, mm. if that's Wilson, does he just get the ball straight away? Is the hesitation when there's some of the, you know, like a Murphy and a Wood, and maybe, maybe footballers will tell us, no, 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 like we will just pass to whoever's in the best space we won't consider the talent of that person but i i, I don't know it, it 
maybe you're right, Alex. Maybe it is just us trying to overthink why we haven't won this game, why we haven't, because margins are so fine. But you're right. If Longstaff's made some poor decisions in front of goal with the way he struck the ball and when he's not decided to not shoot, when we carved out an opportunity with a minute of, a minute of time left, just put your, just have a go. Longstaff can score from outside the box. We've yeah. seen it before. And because his confidence was so short, he tried to pass it in. We're trying to walk it in. And it just, it was never going to work because there's too, it was too congested in that box. Leeds had already just got bodies behind. They were, they were settled with a draw. They were happy with that draw at that point. And, and, and the chance goes begging. But yeah, th- Longstaff's always been a little bit limited, but I, I you know, I, I thought his endeavor was, was, was good today as it, as it, as it usually is. And he was everywhere, but it's just sometimes that technical quality, that technical ability, it just 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 is uh, lacking a bit. Yeah, frustrating today. Absolutely, I I don't question his work rate. I thought he still worked very hard, but he didn't need to. Like Leeds, Leeds were just boxing themselves back in their own half and, and making it really difficult. And you need if we want to get in the Champions League, which is where my like you know where my mindset is here. You know, I'm I'm not being too ambitious by saying that we need better players for the for the ambitions we have. Um. I just think that he was he was too slow to move the ball, decision making, and then yeah, the, the shooting was poor. But I think the other uh, scapegoat you're probably talking about, Dodds, was Chris Wood as well. Yeah, I tell you what, we'll come back though because I want to get Carl's thoughts on long stuff okay. and I'll say some stuff, but we'll we'll come back to <clears> you for Wood. I think for I think for for Sean, as Adam says, like bang on, like in terms of his work ethic and stuff like that, he was great today defensively, um, as he usually has been. But I think it's been a couple of times this season where Sean's played where we've been against like Crystal Palace or Bournemouth or, or, or again today, like where it comes down to the technical ability of Sean Longstaff to try and open up a defence or have that killer pass. And like Sean's great at running around and covering the yards, but when it comes down to the final third, when it comes down to the killer pass, you look at the other top six teams, which we are in comparison to at the moment, and they have that killer player in terms of a pass uh, all around that midfield, whereas we don't. Uh, you look at Longstaff and great off the ball, but on it, like it's almost like Leeds' plan was to give him the ball because they know he's not going to do anything with it kind of thing. And his chances, like the one where it nearly hit Harry Kane's ball, like it was just it, just a frustrating afternoon. But like I'm not going to be too hard on Sean because I think in like games where we're where we're up against it or away games in particular he seems to be excellent because teams kind of handle his handle the amount of movement he has in around the in around the field but games where teams are putting 10 behind the ball he's not he's not he's just not ready for that type of type of team he doesn't know how to how to how to play against that type of team it's why we need more options i think I think you've nailed it there. It's not really about today. It's not about skying the shot. Yeah, it's frustrating and the things I talk about. Newcastle, like Adam has said, created enough positive opportunities in the penalty area to win the game. They didn't take any of them and Sean Longstaff was far from the only culprit. I think it's a broader topic for me and I didn't do the post-Bournemouth Cup podcast because I was unwell, but my conversations on WhatsApp watching the game from home that night were Dan Byrne, Sean Longstaff, this isn't the game for them. And, and Longstaff really struggled against Bournemouth that night. Exact same problems. It's when he when he has to play kind of um, a lot of the game and he played a lot of the second half um, around the edge, the kind of, yeah, the edge of the, Bour- the Bournemouth or the Leeds penalty area, 
his limitations are laid bare because you have to be so technically good under such pressure. And Willock is, and Bruno is, and John Joe Shelby, who's injured, is, and Joe Linton is, and Longstaff isn't. And when you talk about getting better moving forward, I think that his position's under threat. Having said that, I don't think anyone drops him for Arsenal. Well, I'd probably drop him for Arsenal, but most fans <laughs> wouldn't drop him for Arsenal. But that's not because of him. That's because I want to see Joe Linton playing in midfield and I want to see Willock playing and, and Longstaff would drop out. Not because that would have happened today if we'd won 2 0. But it, it is just a question of technical ability. Um, he just doesn't have the, the close control and the little flicks and the one two passes and all of that that his, his, his teammates and his colleagues do. Like I think it was you said, Sai, or one of you said, or, or you, Kyle. You know his his strengths are there and are beneficial to the side. He's just played every single game when Newcastle have won six Premier League games in a row. Uh, he's had an off day a day, and it looks worse because he probably like sorry, you listed those chances there. I thought actually the worst one that one he skies is frustrating, but it's it's kind of like it comes at him so fast. It's blah blah blah. That one where right at the end of the game, Newcastle players are queuing up and he hangs on and he hangs on and he hangs on. That's kind of a you know at this level you ha- you have to be better than that. But 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 uh, Newcastle are, are third in the league and he's been an integral part of that. So I'm going to forgive him for an off day a day. Let's leave Chris Wood instead. Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was probably more frustrated with Chris Wood certainly um, for for the sixty or so minutes he played. Like I was just wondering what like what is his contribution today? What's he, what's he meant to be doing? Because it didn't seem like to be an awful lot. He wasn't kind of hanging on the last defender. He wasn't winning anything in the air. When he was coming short for it, his touch was really, really frustrating, really loose. He wasn't popping it off to, to Bruni. He wasn't popping it off to Willock. He just kind of ran around having a really tough time. And yeah, um, it's always hard when, you, when you're the only centre forward against two centre halves. You're very good. Koch and um, Cooper. Yeah. Um, for Leeds, you know, they, they're pretty <coughs> much handled wood. They, 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 again, I think this is the reason they, they um, deliberately played a bit of a wider back four because they, they knew that threats were going to be down the wing from us and they, they, they kind of nullified Miggy as best they could. I thought Miggy still played really well. Joe Linton and Willock had one or two chances but didn't really offer much and they, they almost let Chris Wood just, just hover around the middle doing nout because he did nout. Like, can anyone tell me what Chris Wood did for us today? And again, I don't want to get really really harsh with him um, but that game at half time, I was sitting there thinking we need Target on, we need Maxi on and we need Wilson on and that, that doesn't say a lot of good about the players and asking to be taken off. Thoughts on Chris Wood, Adam? Look, you've got to look, you've got to, the way you've got to look at Chris Wood is he is a really good third choice Premier League striker to have in a squad. His attitude's superb. Um, he does a job when it's asked of him, but yeah, he's limited. It's the same, it's the same as, as Longstaff. When it comes to these crunch moments when margins are so fine, when it, all it takes is you know, an extra touch or whatever it's going to be to, to win a football match. Yeah, he's, he's not quite there. For, for his chance in the first half, he did, the, <laughs> he did the difficult thing superbly. He made it look so easy to get to chest it past the goalkeeper. And then when it came to the actual finish, fluffed it. Complete, didn't go anywhere near that. And, and that's that's the difference. I think, mm. I think when you've got someone who's more mobile, more technically gifted, then we, we, we play in a different way. Uh, we're we're a lot more fluid, I think, in the final third. I think Wood, his mobility isn't great. He is a bit sta- wooden, <laughs> like if you want to go there. Um, so yeah, but but let's bring it back because, as I said with Kieran, Kieran Trippier, I've got stats on his crossing to, from today. He put nine, he attempted nineteen crosses today. Five were successful. 
And for Kieran Trippier, for a player of his ability, that's that's not good enough. Having said that, and how crazy this game is, Kieran Trippier still created six chances today, which is four more than anybody on the pitch. So even a bad game for Kieran Trippier, he's the, he's the, he's the most creative on the pitch, and he's got a clean sheet at the other end. So it's it's frustrating. But yeah, maybe maybe we could argue Wood didn't necessarily get the service that we could give him because if he is that limited, maybe there's only so many ways that we can give the ball to him in a useful position that he could do something with. But it's it, it, that's kind of on... He is holding the fort until Wilson gets back in the side, Isak's to come back. He's Once they're both fit, which, you know, we don't know if with, whether both of those strikers are going to be fit at any one time till the end of the season... Um, I think he's a canny player to have around the squad and he's he's, he's clearly a, a good guy and a popular guy. So there's that, but when it comes to ability, yeah, it's it's not the best, but he's still our third-choice striker. That's what we have to remember. What frustrates me, mate, and I agree on the third-choice striker thing, I think people sometimes overplay his performances, but that's all right. It doesn't fucking mean anything. If people say he's better than he is, it's all right. I just want to win a header. Do you know what I mean? Like I just want to win a header win a free kick I just feel like Leeds the centre-backs today had a lovely time against yeah, him yeah. so easy to play against in the air and there was one or two nice moments where we linked up play first time passes but but there were also one or two really bad moments and I kind of feel like I in my head we'd signed Hosselu we'd signed Hoss you know in 2017 <laughs> what did Hosselu do we came in and he won like every header yeah. didn't go to anyone but he won the header <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he won the odd free kick and, and he fucking like you know he bagged like five goals a season or so you know we don't even have that. I'm talking from open play, and Hoslow did take one penalty, which was the worst penalty I've seen against Burnley. <laughs> but that's what I thought we were getting. Maybe a bit better than that. And I almost feel I wish that's what we had because today, I just feel like give give, give Leeds as a centre back a game, mate. Like it's so it was so easy for them to take the ball off him, and, and he's playing up front by himself. And and there isn't you know there aren't that many players close to him at times. But yeah, he's third choice striker no one was a bigger in bigger opposition than the ASM up front which Bruce tried and then how did at the end of last season but, but you know could it be any work could it be any worse and yeah hey if we win a pen Chris Woods your man you know I think it's the wrong comparison Alex I think um you compare him to Shola more so than Joslo because I trust Shola with absolutely nothing, barring a penalty. <laughs> he was great at penalties, shit at everything else, and I feel I feel like that's Chris Wood. He just didn't put himself about today. Um, he usually makes himself uh, a bit of bit of a hassle for defenders and charges down, but he he just didn't offer any of that today. And I know he's a third choice striker and stuff, but for a player that was signed for twenty five million from a lower Premier League side in in Burnley at the time, like. You'd expect Chris Wood to be one of the difference makers in them type of games because against Koch and Cooper, bit of a tongue twister, but against those two types of defenders, them are types of games I'd expect Chris Wood to make a difference in because they're not very good defenders. They're big defenders, but someone like Chris Wood should be try trying to bully them. Do you know what I mean? And mm. like he just. He just was so below par today. Um, he looked very leggy, didn't he? He looked like he'd played on Monday and hadn't recovered from Monday. Like uh, he's, Six he's, days ago, man. Yeah, you know he's what I mean? a like, th 31-year-old striker. He's not played much football this season, but he didn't look at all ready for and, this game. And, and in addition, Simon, please erase that. The fucking conversation going into this one was that Leeds had two days less to prepare. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating. It shows Frustrating. it's all 
bullshit, innit? <laughs> Literally means nowt. <laughs> the professional footballers who can deal with two games in five days, unless they're Chris Wood. Um, Adam, give us some positives, please. I really like Joe Linton today. I thought he was absolutely class. I thought um, it was his, it was the deftness of his of his touches. He he would almost like take almost like pass the ball for like a yard and then run around the, the defender, go get it. He was megging people. It was his intricate triangles in, in difficult situations, using his physicality, having the confidence to, I'm not going to cut back, I'm going to drive forward, even though I've got a guy hanging off my shoulder. I absolutely love that proactivity from him. And he's just such a good link up. And do you know what that chance he had in the first half where Melier was off his line? He was, he was sort of about seven, eight yards off his line. And he, I just thought, oh, just clip it over his head. Just have a little chip. And it, it, but it's easy to say that in, in, in hindsight and when you're not in the moment. But Joe Linton really, uh, really impressed me today. Um, I think um, he was absolutely one of our, alongside Miggy, was our was best player on the pitch for me. And I, I was excited every time he got on the ball and he, he barely put a foot wrong for me. I think he was, I thought he was excellent. He was everywhere. He was, yeah, he, he was, he was his unplayable self. He's, he's huge. He's difficult to get the ball off. Um but yeah, it was the deafness of touch. I think that particularly impressed me today from you know, good touch for a big lad, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I think if other players had been playing as well as Joe Linton today, I think we would have won comfortably sort of 2-0. I, th- I think his level was above a lot of other players on that pitch. Uh, Kyle, question for you. And this isn't the Arsenal preview, which is available for patrons or will be. I thought Joe Linton was miles better when he moved back. I thought he was the best player on the pitch when he moved back in the midfield. And yep. he wins a pen and scores a goal um, on Monday, though the goal set piece, he probably still scores that goal. Um, he probably doesn't win the pen, though. Do it, what do you think How does? Like, we're talking about Longstaff. My view is, got to get Willick in the team, play him right, play Joe Linton left, play ASM. What do you, what do you want to see happen? I think I think how we'll keep it the same. To be honest, I think the only change that you'll make is Chris Wood coming out. Um, but I think the little intertwining that they keep doing between Willock and Joel is good because they offer something different. You've got the you've got the pace of Willock can get in behind, but Joel Linton's proven today like if full if full pace, like, he can't be stopped. He's a bit like a juggernaut. Um, like yeah, when Yaya Torre used to run at defenders, like nobody could. They used to rugby tackle him off the ball because he was like <laughs> that he couldn't be stopped. It, it felt like that the day in bits, and it, it's there's, there's been podcasts in the past where we've spoken about Joe Linton not having the technical ability or whatever it may be, but he's definitely it, it, it must be it must be it, like he's definitely improved that side of his game. He's definitely more technically rounded than he ha- than he has been in previous years for sure. Um... But I, f- I think he will keep it the same because a lot of teams haven't figured it out yet, and we still had some joy on that side in the first half. It's just, it just wasn't a day at the races. I don't think. Um, but I think, I think Joe Linton and Willock playing like a hybrid between like intertwined between each other for those two positions seems to work at the minute. Any other positives, lads? Uh, well. I agree with your potential lineup for Arsenal. I think I would I would give Maximan a start um, to get Joe Linton back in that midfield. I agree with what you're saying, Kyle. He's 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 offered something there, and he's showed us that he can play that role against lesser teams at St James's Park. And I'm not saying he shouldn't play it again, but um, I don't know. I think if we want to try and 
catch Arsenal off guard a little bit. Play Maxi. I thought he, he did enough in his in his cameo today to to remind us what what he's capable of. Um, twice he was given the ball um, one on one with the with the right back who they took off Luke Ayling because he was on a yellow card and they were just terrified of what Maxi might do to him. So they put on this other kid. Oh, I don't know who he is, but he played right back. Um, and Maxi skinned him twice and he got to the byline and he made something happen. Um, we barely got the ball to him after that point because you know they, they doubled up on him and made it difficult. But this was Leeds who were doing everything to kind of see out the game at that point. Maximan from the start, if he's fit enough to do it, I think offers us something. I think he really does. He gives us a bit more bounce. He takes some of the pressure off Miggy to create everything. And I really think you want Joe Linton in midfield against Odegaard on, on Tuesday. So um, Maxi, for me, was a was a big positive tonight. What I really liked about Maxi today was his decision-making because he'd do his, you know, he'd do his trickery, that individual ability to, to, to beat a man. Um, he had four take-on, successful take-ons today, which was... Mm. Two, two more, twice as much as anybody else on the pitch all game. And he was only on for the sub at the end. But it was, he would do a bit of trickery, but then he would find Dan Byrne. He would find Joel Linton with a simple pass. And I think that's that's the coaching of Eddie Howe. I think that's getting Sam Maximan to think about the team, to think about how his individual brilliance at times, and when he's when he's on it, he's, he's, he's unstoppable. But it's how we can use that to help the rest of the team. And I... And I there was one point in the second half where he did some excellent trickery. I think he maybe got a bit of a battering, but because he got the ball out of his feet and we were able to spread the ball, to, the, to switch it to the other wing up to Trippier in, in, in seconds. And that was that was down to San Maximan being able to get the ball out. And I, and I think a San Maximan of, you know, maybe six months ago doesn't do that. He tries to win it. He tries to win the game on his, on his own. He tries yeah. to show everyone what he's capable of. But actually, it's more impressive when he when he can just keep it simple and integrate with, with this team because that's what he's going to have to do to stay in an Eddie Howe side. Um, but yeah, I agree with Sai. I think his cameo today showed a, a, a much more um, um, positive, mature performance from Sam Maximan. And I, I wouldn't begrudge him a start against Arsenal, but then you think, who comes? Does Willock come out? Because I, I think that would be that would feel quite harsh on Willock. I don't think he would keep Willock, Bruno... And Joe Linton necessarily, I don't know because I, I think you'll you'll keep it the same. I, I'm with Kyle. You know Newcastle. He, he's been playing this way. Uh, you know we haven't lost a game since August. Um, it's many many wins in the last ten games. Six out of seven. He probably just won't change it. I would change it, but I think he'll he'll stay loyal to to that midfield and, and keep Joe Linton further up. Um, time will tell. I suppose again for for me it's a, a positive. It's another clean sheet. Leeds didn't look like scoring today. Uh, they had one, Pubs made one save. Bit, you know, I think, I don't know if I said in this podcast, the instant reaction, it reminded me a lot of the Everton game where, where we created very little but kind of dominated the game and were worthy winners. If we'd won 1-0 today, it would have been identical. I thought Ever, uh, Leeds copied Everton's game plan. A lot of long balls there, a lot of back to front very quickly, a lot of just get the fucking ball in their half of the pitch and they can't score. They... Uh, they didn't sit insanely deep for the first 70 minutes. They just made the middle of the pitch an absolute war zone. And and, and Bruno Camara's got very little time on the ball to try and string passes. Um, you know, that that's going to happen. We have to find ways to to do better. Because again, that, that Everton game, and Everton are shit as well as Leeds. Um, it's kind of one moment from Miggy that wins it type thing. And that's what we're relying on a little bit. But that's fine. You can't win them all. I don't, I'm not going to walk home after this feeling despondent or disappointed. Newcastle are ending 2022. They started 2022 in 19th. They're ending it in third place. Um, 
that's okay. I'll take it. That'll do for me. Just okay. Yeah, that'll do, that'll do for me. Do fucking win the league, Room man. for improvement, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, and we will be back after Arsenal. I think we're going to do another one of these instant kind of podcasts just because of the way that the, the games come at the minute, thick and fast. Can't believe this time next week will be seven minutes into a game against Sheffield Wednesday. Seems like a lifetime away. <laughs> but, uh, but, it's, but it's happening, and me and Kyle will be there. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for you guys for doing it with me. If you like what we do, drop us, drop us your support on Patreon. We would love it. Newcastle are going to be class in 2023. Come and join us for that ride. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Speak to you all soon. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.